afternoon. Thank y'all for coming. We uh, be uh, organizing. Mr. Chairman, we I think got a, a select elect co-chair. So, Mr. Chairman, I'm in order. I nominate uh, Chairman Leatherman and Chairman Smith as co-chairman of the conference committee of the General Appropriations Bill, and further move that the nominations be brought to a close and the chairman be elected by acclamation. Second. Got a motion to second. Somebody else got to decide if we take a vote on that. Any objection to it? I no objection. Elected, Mr. I wonder if I ought to do condolences instead yeah. of compliments. Congratulations, Mr. Chairman. Maybe condolences yeah. instead of compliments, right? Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> All right. Mike, what do we got? Uh, the, the first item of business now would be any opening statements that any members of the uh, conference committee would want to make. Mr. Chairman, I'm, I'm just going to say some similar to what I discussed on the House floors. And first, let me say it's an honor to be on the conference committee with three distinguished senators who not only are great senators, but good friends, so I appreciate and always look forward to working with you all and have enjoyed working with you in the past. Um, Mr. Chairman, as you know, this is one of our largest budgets that we've had since we've been here, and I think it's important that we, when we discuss that, that we talk about how we got here and why we have such a large, large budget. As you may recall, Mr. Chairman, we had COVID, and we ended up uh, holding the line last year and working off of a continuing resolution and I know we had differences on that and you know at but at the end of the day uh, those were decisions that we made and I think they were um, turned out to uh, be the correct decisions as we move through the process because our economy came out of COVID much faster than most economies in the in the United States and again I'll take every opportunity to say this is I appreciate the steady hand of leadership of Governor McMaster, as well as the Senate leadership and the House leadership on, on making sure that we put our economy and our people first before we put any politics before them. And I think that was a good move on our part. And as we see now, our economy, and you know, it doesn't take anyone if you've left uh, your house to see how the economy is faring in South Carolina, especially on the coast and tourism is booming. Uh, only unfortunate part is you can't find a beach house to rent or a hotel room to rent in the coastal areas. But nonetheless, it's a good thing to see people coming to South Carolina, staying in South Carolina, and spending money in South Carolina. So, so uh, that culminated in us coming out of this economy and looking at this budget when you look at we have 500 plus million dollars of recurring dollars and a billion non-recurring you put that in perspective of a two-year budget and so you know if you if you even divide it in half you know we would call it a modest increase if it was just one year of a budget so you know i, I think the one thing that the house concentrated on the senate concentrated on was making sure that we rebuilt our economy in a post-COVID uh, situation. And so that's what we're trying to do. And while I understand that there's always criticism and there's always critics who are going to, who are going to raise issues with the budget, I think when the House went through this and from what I saw with the Senate budget, we looked at areas that needed bolstering, needed funding to pull South Carolina out of this pandemic and make sure we come out of this stronger than where we entered this. And I, I do believe, Mr. Chairman, with all due respect to, to uh, 
the critics out there that <clears throat> that we have uh, certainly put that as a priority in this. We funded the core functions of government, and when you look at some of the local areas and the local uh, uh, funding that we have, I cannot tell you how hard and how much local entities and local nonprofits and local government agencies took it on the chin because they don't have the resources the state of South Carolina had. They didn't have the, the uh, reserves that we had. And so they're coming out of this and we got to make sure that we, that we keep those areas of our communities where we all live are able to function and provide the quality of life for citizens of this state and for their uh, for citizens of their counties and cities. So, uh, Mr. Chairman, I, I, I know we got some differences we got to resolve, but through, with the help of Governor McMaster and working with the Senate leadership, and uh, it's, I think we've got a whole lot more in common with this budget than we do in different, and I think that's a testament to great leadership, and I appreciate and it's an honor to work with you all, with Governor McMaster, and with my colleagues in the House. So I hope we can make short, make short resolve these differences in short order. Mr. Chairman, thank you. Uh, I echo the comments you made. Uh, you know, this is my 41st year in the South Carolina Senate, and the best budget I believe I've ever seen in the 41 years. And basically what this budget does, in my opinion, is to continue to move the state forward. We looked at the money we had, we decided where it ought to go, and uh, make sure we continue the growth in the state, and particularly to make sure that we're uh, doing the things that will be uh, beneficial to all the people in the state of South Carolina. I think this budget uh, goes in that direction. So I'm delighted to be a party to the budget process. Uh, I'm excited. I look at other states and I see many of those are in trouble. I think I see a couple that probably will go in bankruptcy. I don't know how you bankrupt a state, Mr. Chairman, but I guess you can. We didn't do that. Some years back, we made some really, really tough decisions, and it's paying off for us. So I, my intent, as I know your intent is, and I enjoy working with you, is to make sure that we continue to move this state forward and do the things that help helps our people most, and that's that's our goal, and we'll get there. Any other member have comments they'd like to make? Senator Peeler. Mr. Chairman, that's supposed to be opening remarks, and uh, two chairmen and your comments is more like a state of the state than an opening, opening remarks to the conference committee. But everything you all said is true. Uh, I'm honored to be here with you all and ready to go to work. Anyone else? Senator Sessler? Okay. Mr. Chairman, if uh, opening statements are completed, um, a quick description of the, of the process. Two votes on either side to add material that is not the same in both versions. What this means, because it's two votes on either side, a proposal could fail by a vote of four to two if there are three on one side and just one on the other. Where there are sp specific funding items but they're at different levels, the conference committee may decide either on the high or the low or anywhere in between. And a reminder to the members of the con conference committee and staff for the proviso 118.18, that is what is listed on the spreadsheet, but for part 1A, that is actually what is in part 1A of the budget, the summary control document 
summarize this as. So we need to make sure among those lines. For a description of the items in the notebook, what you'll see in there is the summary control document. We have copies of the actual House and Senate budget, and we as staff can walk you through those to look at the highs and lows of lines. You have a proviso matrix, and then you have two items related to provisos. One is provisos that are different in the two versions, and one is provisos that are the same in both versions. So at this time, there would uh, be before the committee consideration for adoption of those items that are the same in both the House and Senate versions. So move, Mr. Chairman. Got a motion to adopt the uh, line items that are locked, both the House and Senate uh, version. Second. Got a motion, second by co-chair. Any discussion? Maybe I need to see is there. Uh, well, let's go to the discussion. Any discussion on uh, that motion? If not, all in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed, same sign. Total, it's uh, unanimous. Okay, Mike. Several more items, Mr. Chairman. Um, first of all, will be a discussion of the schedule. Uh, from a staff standpoint, we know that we have a deadline based on the signing die resolution of next Monday. The House has a rule regarding 24 hours of posting. So whenever we back up from that standpoint, uh, we need to move as quickly as possible uh, to, to get a document completed. Uh, that being said, with the discussion of schedule, the suggestion from staff would be uh, that when you adjourn today, you adjourn to the call of the chair as everyone well knows, there will be individual discussions among staff uh, to communicate back and forth. Okay. So move, Mr. Chairman, that we adjourn to the <clears throat> to the recess of the call of the co-chairs. Got a motion to adjourn to, uh, to call of the chairs. Second. Got a motion. All in favor of that, signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed, no. So we will decide when we come back, Mr. Chairman, and uh, we've got to get our staff at work, right? Yes, sir. And we've got to remember staff is why we do so well here. Without that, we'd be in trouble. Thank you all for coming, so we'll be posting whenever we get back together.